thank you for uh, for listening uh, on Liberty Tactics. I, I think it's an important uh, international venue. The title of your show is Liberty Tactics, which I think is really important. And liberty is a really important word. Uh, we take it for granted. Tuesday, the 20th of September, in the year of our Lord 2022, and it's just gone 1 pm here in the UK. Us British citizens are just recovering from the ritual that occurred yesterday in London and in Windsor, Berkshire. Um, I don't know how many people saw it. I sat there through it and I came away feeling like I've had every bit of life drained from me, and I still don't feel 100% now. Um, don't know what was going on there, some sort of rituals. But, um, yeah, she's gone down. She's left uh, the Queen's down. No one to protect the King anymore. So we're going to have to see how this plays out. And we also have tomorrow, the 21st of September, a memorial service going on in the actual capital in D.C. itself, where Donald Trump will be joined with by uh, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton and George Bush. What could possibly go wrong? Um, so that's those little announcements out of the way. PCP Wales, obviously, they're still they're still going. They're still fighting. The schools are back. Letters are going to schools. Horrendous stories coming back um, from children when they're coming home to their parents uh, about what they're learning. Check out PCP Wales, or even better still, listen to myself and Catherine's Children First podcast, which we should be recording another one either today or tomorrow morning. In the meantime, I've got the Welsh wizard back with really important stuff. And he's, he's done something, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, and I do apologise, Roy, if I pronounce this wrong, but you're doing a blog. You've written a big, well, not a blog so much. You've written an article on the Fucidities Trap. Let's talk about what the Fucidities Trap is all about, and then we'll get on to other geopolitical news, Roy. Okay, look, I'm glad you asked the question, because I did put forward the Thucydides Trap, uh, it's taking place now, and um, you're not the only one that's asked me what Thucydides got to do with what's taking place now. Well, Thucydides uh, lived about 400 years, 150 years BC, and he uh, he was a Greek, and his uh, he lived with, uh, at the same time as a guy called Herodotus. Now, Herodotus is acknowledged as the father of history. Uh, the first historian. And Thucydides, uh, again, was a historian. But what he's famous for, he was not just a historian, he was a general, he was a military general, and he covered, if you like, uh, the Peloponnesian Wars. Now, the Peloponnesian War was between the state of Sparta, uh, took on the state of Athens. Obviously, they divvied up the rest of the states between themselves. Anyway, Sparta was the dominant state but Athens was the up-and-coming power. It had naval uh, hegemony. It had built up a, a really good mercantile trade. It had the culture on its side, and Sparta was a decaying power. So Sparta uh, Sparta then invoked a military conflict, and it invoked a military conflict to stop Athens becoming the dominant power. Now, it, 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 by the way, it, it worked, but get into the back into the modern day, and to a certain degree, 
That's what uh, the U.S., the cabal, has done now to the uh, East, to the, BRIC, uh, to the BRICS, to the SEO and the uh, ASEAN organizations. They've seen them becoming now the dominant economic, uh, industrial, and military power. So they've invoked uh, the, uh, a war. First, they've had the, the, the military conflict in the Ukraine. But I suppose the big event in the next ensuing period, and I mean weeks, will be the in, uh, Taiwan, the developments around Taiwan. Now, Trump, in the rally, he set the stage. He, uh, he said the FBI is weaponized, uh, which is true. But what he failed to say was, who's it weaponized by? And I think he'll come forward with that, but I don't want to, I don't want to, spend time on that, but what he did say was that Taiwan is now up on the agenda. Get ready. Now, Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan would be the flashpoint for the lead into World War Three. There's no getting away from it. But uh, the point is the U.S. ain't no sparta. It ain't got the abilities that it once had. And they've got to think this through clearly because it was different in the Ukraine. They could mobilize the puppets in the EU and the stooge governments in the EU. They could use the uh, EU communications and uh, you know, European rail and shipping to get weaponry and materials, as they're doing now, to the Ukraine. It is a different ballgame in Taiwan. Taiwan is about 100 nautical miles from China. It is over 5,000 miles from the coast, the nearest point on the west coast of the United States. And let's be clear about this. The, the logistics to be able to carry a war across the Pacific Ocean, because they can't come any other way, it's not possible. Not for a, uh, a decaying power. Not for a country now that's suffering under a world economic depression. Let's call it what it is. It is a depression, and it's hitting home hard. They would need Guam, and that's why I've, I've maintained all along that I believe the Chinese will take Guam and Taiwan. I think they'll bomb the harbors. That would be, I'm not a military strategist, but I've had a look at it on the map. That's what I do. And the reason I do that is I would stop the, the Americans. I would take away the facility for them to land, to disembark. And all this has exploded because of Biden. A bill was passed in the Senate a week or so back uh, for billions to give to Taiwan. Once they did that, that was it. That was the cross on the Rubicon. And Biden's gone further now saying that he's going to support the Taiwan people in the event of any military conflict. So the red lines have been crossed. And, you know, China won't act immediately. It's done its preparation. It's had its war games. So I, I believe it will be a swift development that's going to ensue in the next period. Now, the strategists of the cabal, of the WCC countries, will say, oh, it's not a problem, you know. We've got Australia. 
They're very difficult for them to go to any of the islands, the Singapore's, any of the islands in Asia, because all of them have got packs with China. Now they can go to Australia. But if they go to Australia, then the China-Australia free trade agreement, a massive agreement, by the way, will be immediately stopped. And China's China purchases literally 40% of the majority of exports. Singapore and China dwarf, China dwarfs the next five uh, importers of Australian goods. So Australia is in an economic mess right now. Were they to accept the Americans in, they would be on rations immediately. Third world conditions in Australia. So you can see that this next move is no small move. I believe it is the key move that will take place. Now, what's that going to mean? What will be the effect of the invasion? Well, the the immediate effect of the military uh, operation by China will be that the United States, plus the European countries, what I call the WCCC, Western Cabal Control Countries, will impose sanctions. Now, their one attempt at imposing sanctions on Russia has been an absolute disaster for them. It's transformed the ruble into the strongest currency. It's literally brought trillions in, or possibly billions then, maybe not trillions, but billions into the Russian coffers. The Russians now are actually dropping the prices of their goods in the shops. They're actually dropping their interest rates. They've given a 10% increase in pay to the population. The woman in charge now is reviewing again to give a further increase. That will be not an increase to keep up with inflation, but an increase above inflation. These are huge developments. Once they go on the road of sanctions to China, then I believe China, Russia, and to a degree India, they'll drop their dollar reserves. That'll be the first bomb that'll be dropped on on the US. That's huge. That's huge. (laughs) It will will put immediate pressure at that. And we just had the conference in Samarkand. And at that conference, they call it, it was the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. There's the BRICS organization. Now we got the TRICS organization. But fundamentally, it all comes down to one thing and one organization, if you like. It's the East. It's the East with a multipolar approach to nations, which Lavrov elucidated brilliantly. Which Putin really has, you know, he's highlighted the way in which they approach sovereign nations, that they should have their own right of determination, their own currency, that Putin has already declared that he's prepared and wants to give free fertilizer compounds. He's more than likely giving energy now. They're having the free energy, they're having the free gas. There's enormously favorable conditions 
for all the countries that have now joined. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, the WCC countries encompass 15.4% of humanity. The BRICS, or the East, as I'm going to call them from now on, encompass the rest of humanity. So some 16 countries, we used to call the advanced capitalist countries, are on their own. The moment that they invoke sanctions on China, they're up the riverboat, they're on the riverboat without a paddle. China will immediately cut what little exports it gives out now, and the East will become a trading block. The majority of Earth, of humanity on Earth, will trade amongst itself. Can they do that? They absolutely can do it, and it's and it's absolutely prepared for. And what you cannot do in this period is pay any any heed at all, at all to the fake media. Yeah. And I'd like to bring up there's a few facts and figures I'd like to bring up here that the media are pointing to. You know, they're saying, "Look at Turkey; it's a basket case." Argentina, Venezuela, slipping off the map into the netherworld. Right. Let's have a brief look. What is the inflation rate in Argentina? It's 51.2%. What are interest rates in Argentina? 75%. In Venezuela, what is the, influence, what is the inflation rate? 1,198%. What is the interest rate? 57.63%. In Turkey, what is inflation? 36.1%. What, what is the interest rate? 13%. Now, by any stretch of the imagination, I haven't even mentioned their debt to GDP, by any stretch of the imagination, these countries should now be in total disarray, not able to function, and they should literally be going back to the Stone Age. Is that the case? No. No. You know, Bloomberg, I'll use Turkey, but they've said it all three. Bloomberg said, and the Financial Times, in April of this year, Turkey on life support, that it had enough dollars to last it 27 days. And after that, Mad Maxwell, well, that was a long time ago. Now, how have they kept going? Well, let's have a look. All these countries I've mentioned, Argentina, Venezuela, Turkey, are in the East. They're supporting the East. They're trading with the East. Remember, I'm, I'm now not saying BRICS. I'm not saying SCO. I'm not saying TREX. There's too many acronyms. I'm just going to say the East. But let's have a look at Argentina. What's Argentina's main exports? Well, the main exports really is food. 10% of the world in uh, soybeans, uh, over 10% of the world, soybeans, over 10% of the world, maize. They sell sufficient in most foods, including meats. But what about their, their minerals, their commodities? Oh, here we go. The fourth largest untapped Shale reserves, shale oil reserves in the world are in Argentina. This is the bit. Third in the world for the biggest untapped reserves 
They've got the biggest untapped reserves, lithium, gold, copper, and silver. In other words, they're an absolutely enormous, potentially enormous country. And that was reflected that in 1950, it was, the, it was listed amongst the seventh richest country on the planet. Now, they were listed there precisely because they saw what was on offer. The cabal, the uh, WCC saw what was on offer. At the time, they didn't bother to invest. They sort of said, we'll keep it, we'll, you know, we'll keep it, we'll keep it on the back burner, but they never did. Now I've got a Venezuela. In, uh, Venezuela, was one, in 1970, was one of the top 20 richest countries in the world. What does it, what's its exports? Petrol, natural gas, iron and steel. What's its minerals? Gold, bauxite, diamonds, huge untapped reserves. I'll finish with Turkey. Turkey was prosperous like the tiger economies in the 80s. What has it got? You know, effectively, it is, it is an industrialized country. It has very big, a very big car manufacturing, manufacturing base. It has a high-tech computer industry. It has precious metals. And what of its commodities? It's absolutely, it has untapped natural gas, but it's in coal and lignite. Now, lignite is a form of coal, but it has the huge reserves. So all these countries have huge commodities, and they are very good products to sell. Now, what I believe is happening is that the East has already got trade agreements with them. In effect, it's taking place. That's the only way that they are now able to starve, to stave off what the WCC says is man match world. There's no other way that it could come about. And when we're talking about the developments and uh, the East, is it ready to become the major dominant economic force on the world? I would argue that it is already. But if you just look at the Belt and Road Initiative, if you just have a look at it on the map, you know, I was quite staggered that every Middle East country is linked up on the Belt and Road Initiative. So is Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, and the countries in South America. So are the countries in Asia. You know, this is a huge development that China took on board and they've brought it off. This is America's, like the modern-day modern day Silk Road, yeah? Yes, it is the modern-day Silk Road. Okay, thank you. And what was the, what was the WCC response? Look about, well, Joe said we're going we're gonna to allocate $750 billion. Just verbiage. Just words. Yeah. Nothing at all has happened. Now, if you want to know how it's going to develop, because the West says it's never going to happen, Pakistan and India... Mortal enemies, India and China, troops on the border, ain't going to happen. Really? Uh -huh. Really? Well, who would have thought that an oil pipeline from Russia would be proposed and agreed upon that it would go through Afghanistan 
to Pakistan and from Pakistan to India. It's agreed. And I have a, when they brought it up, I wondered to myself, because I've worked out that part of the world, have they done it already? It's possible. So the idea that they can't get along is rubbish. They're all there. They say, oh, Iran and Saudi Arabia will never take off. They were in a meetings together. Pakistan and India. Their foreign ministers sat opposite each other and talked. They're there. It's been developed. But now you see what's going to happen when Taiwan kicks off. And all of those countries, the big countries, have capital controls. What do I mean by that? It means that they put measures in place to make sure that their currencies will not be devalued or attacked by the WCC. But more importantly, that the demise of the dollar and the WCC countries, the demise in their currency and the fallout will not like contagion infect the East. And they've done it. And you have a few more indicators to how they're turning, how they're turning the, the screws down now. And it's not just Russia. Look at India. India has announced now that it's not going to be exporting rice anymore. That, now don't get me wrong, I think that precludes the countries of the East in the block. But it definitely it's definitely aimed at the WCC. So you think, oh, well, what about China? Well, hard luck there. They're not doing it either. So on a main crop, they're not doing it. Now come back. Come back to Argentina. On the maize, on the soybeans, on the wheat. Think about Russia. Think about India. You're talking about a high percentage now of, the, of those staples. Are they going to be sold to the WCC? No. No, they're not. They're going to keep them for their block. You can argue, well, that's okay. America is, is a breadbasket, but it hasn't got any fertilizer. It's not able to get the nitrate fertilizer. Can it make its own very small quantities? Why? Because Russia and Ukraine, in inverted commas, Russia, Donbass, Every which way that you look, and I have examined it, the idea being put by the false media and the, uh, if you like, the, the, the toy town economists is absolute bullshit. They're not appraising the question. They're not taking up the issue. Many of them because they don't understand it, and some of them because they've been told not to. I'm going to jump very briefly here now. I'll come back a bit later, but I want to go into the banks, into the Western banks, because this is important. You know, it's come across our screens about, of the Lebanese people fighting, breaking windows in banks, breaking doors, because they can't get to their accounts. They can't use the ATM. Reminiscent of Greece, 2014, where the bail-in, you know, they said, oh, Greek people, oh, well, if you got over a certain amount of money, the bank has got to keep it. 
But the developments in the next period, financially around the banks, are of crucial import because they're linked to the huge debt crisis that's now about to implode. Electricity and energy within the pyramid are a very small part of it. Nevertheless, they're going to have a huge impact, and they could, over time, start to bring the whole pyramid, the Ponzi pyramid, down. But gold and silver can bring it down straight away. I better explain. And I'll try and do this as easy as I can. Lou, a bank, a bank is, uh, it has assets and it has equities. Its assets are fundamentally its own. You know, it's a, what makes it, it's, a, it's its own property, i.e. it's where they have their own monies. Now, the equities are uh, the shareholders and they're, they're us, the customers, effectively. Let's keep it as simple as I can, you Now, banks are leveraged. Barclays Bank, European banks, Japanese banks, Australian banks are even worse, but they're leveraged 20 to 1. Assets 20, equities 1. So if you had a 5% drop in assets, that would be 5 times 20, 100. That's the wiping out of the equity, of the shareholders and our monies. Could that come about? Absolutely it can and it will. Because the bank's assets are what? Derivative loans. Swap defaults. All the things that are just about the bubbles that are about to break. That's why the banks are cutting back on credit. They're trying to contract their assets from the fallout that they know is coming. And they do that by tightening up credit. It's the reason why you're seeing the atomization in the WCC countries of small and medium businesses. They're being annihilated. There's no other, there's no other sentence or adjective that you can describe. And this is the early, these are the early days. But we still got inflation. So if the banks are tightening up credit, how have we got inflation? We've got inflation because the central banks are now pumping the money in. The governments are demanding of the central banks to pump the money in. But there are great dangers here. Trust wants 150 billion. That'll be 250 billion next month. Because let's not forget the shorts, derivative shorts on oil haven't gone away. They're getting greater. So energy is costing that much more all the time. And where is she subsidizing oil at the moment? Next month, she's going to have to subsidize food. Otherwise, we'll starve. We'll, free. we'll be warm, but we'll starve to death. And they will start to subsidize. This will be apocalyptic. If this system's still standing, then that will take it down. And to give an illustration of what is taking place now, 
have a look at Germany. And I will have a look at Germany. I'm sorry for all these figures, Lou, but I've got to give them. The producer price inflation, <clears throat> that's the goods being made by the producers. You know, they get it from uh, imports, it comes through, it goes to uh, the, the people who make the food, who make the shoes, who make the textiles, and they sold in the shops. Producer price inflation is now 45.8% in August. 45.8%. Wait until that filters through to prices, to those things I mentioned, food, the shoes, the textiles, televisions. They will cost a fortune. The mass of people will not be able to afford them. Before that happens, you're going to see the devaluation. You're going to see stagflation, a massive st stagnant economy, but inflation rising to the central banks, giving the governments the money. But there's going to come a point when the masses in the WCC countries will say, I've got no confidence in what's coming ahead. I'm just going to use the money I've got now to buy the basics, to buy the food, to buy some fuel. When that moment comes, well, that is it. That is it. But I'm afraid I'm already there. <laughs> We're near. Now, there's a lot of talk by truthers about central bank digital currencies. Let's be clear on this. That is the aim of the new world order. That is the aim of the WCCC countries. How do they do it? Oh, they say they have total control. They're on a the phone, you'll have your money if they don't like you. That part is true, but it will not stop what I've just talked about because their currencies will be far, far weaker. It won't matter what you've got on your phone, you won't be able to afford to buy the goods. The only thing you'll be saving on with a central bank digital currency, is paper. And that's on the basis you won't have to print the monies. Now, what, how does that apply to 85% of humanity? And they say, oh, yes, 134 countries are doing it. That's very misleading. China has been using a, a yuan, go-back digital currency, for three years. Putin has said he is interested in a digital currency. And India is also, and I believe that they will perfect an additional currency based on gold commodities. But they've also said it will only be for the purpose of trade, that the individual countries will keep their currencies. And obviously, when you're talking about 85% of humanity, many of them are going to be third, fourth, and fifth world countries. They haven't got the ability to be able to introduce the, the technology to be introduced that. So the, in the East countries, cash will be used in parallel with trade, with trade, which will be on currencies. Trade will be, uh, sorry, goods will be between countries, will be using digital, plus cash. In this, I'll go one step further to prove my case. At a certain stage in the next few months, when the WCC countries, us, 
are suffering hugely under the cabal, the cabal will be defeated. How are we going to trade then with the East? Are they going to accept dollars, euros, pounds? No, because they'll be worthless. So it doesn't matter if it's in a on a, on a phone, on a computer. The terms of trade to us are going to be gold. It's going to be gold. They're going to say, you want stuff? You're in gold. Until such time as you stabilize your own currencies and you put them on a sound footing. And that is correct. And that's where Trump will come in. So the banks are very important. What's taking place in the banks? And the Patriots have got to keep a keen eye out. Remember what I said. Once that debt derivative bomb explodes, if it drops 5%, that's all your monies. You won't get out of the bank. There's no bailout. They keep your money now. And I'll I was reading into it, Lou, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. It's absolutely what they, what they state in their print, in their fine print is, yes, if, you've got, if you're in plus monies, yeah, we keep your money with the bank. If you're in debt to the bank, now hang on, we can carry on that. We'll carry that debt on to the new bank. Now, it shows the horrific nature of these people. It's not going to happen because it's going to be an absolute crash. So I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm now going to have a look at have a look at uh, what's taking place in in uh, the WCC countries. Let's have a little uh, Cook's tour. And I mentioned some of the countries, but I'll just go over a few of them. On the electoral scene, Lou, Sweden this week, the, uh, the, social de uh, the Social Democrats, you know, those who said, you know, open the borders, we'll work them every in, we'll give them extra money, we'll give them houses. Uh, well, they're gone. Now you have a party in that say, no, no, close the borders. Immigrants have to abide by our laws. Uh, forget your green. We've got to get energy. And to a degree, they're anti-EU. But they'll do what they're told. But the most important election takes place in Italy this week. Now, it's more than likely. When's that? that When's that? What day, on, what day of the week is it taking place? I'm not sure. I think it's 23rd or 25th. Okay. I'm not sure. It's this week anyway. But the, the brothers, they say extreme right wing, you know, they're trying to put the yeah. party on them. The brothers are in a coalition with two other parties, led by Salvini and Berlusconi, are going to come to power. Now, that's very interesting because in an article, I think it's the Independent, but I've written it down here, they, they said that in the latest poll on Russian sanctions, more than 55% of Italians are opposed to sanctions on Russia. Now that chimes in, because I remember Maloney, the leader of the brothers, saying how much he admired Putin last year, saying how what he had done with Russia was an example to other countries. Salvini, Salvini has demanded removal of sanctions against Russia immediately. Because the only ones that are suffering, he said, are us. 
Berlusconi, big friend of Putin, he's sort of sitting there and saying, well, fair enough. That's what we're going to do. Will it come about? Well, Maloney would be the new prime minister. And already she's beginning to pull back on some of her remarks. But she can't ride the tiger and back down. And the Italian people will have high expectations. If Maloney doesn't carry through what's required, she'll be removed. That applies, by the way, to every leader in the WCC countries. You know, trust. Trust has just agreed to send 2.5 billion over to Ukraine. She's following on from she, Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, totally. But anybody who thinks that Starmer wouldn't do the same is yeah. living in cloud cuckoo land. Yeah, coopsy words. Coopsy words. Totally- them now sing, particularly in, in uh, particularly in in in, in, uh, in Britain, they all sing from the same hymn sheet. Now, I've mentioned the 150 billion. I've mentioned the two and a half billion that she's going to give. But now we come to we come to um, the developments in in uh, and I'm picking on I pick on Britain. In Britain, we get cheap electricity from France every month up until this month. When France said, now we haven't got any, actually, we need electricity off you. Now, Britain then said, well, that's difficult because we count on your energy to make up our overall output. And France said, listen, over a third of our nuclear reactors are down, either for maintenance or repair. We need electricity. So it's very interesting. I think you're going to have a face-off. Neither are going to give each other... I, then both of them say no, no. But what it virtually ensures now is that power cuts are going to come our way. Now, I mentioned Germany earlier. But Germany, the powerhouse of Europe, is being brought to its knees. And when you talk about lies and distortions, Bloomberg... CNN, Euronews, all came out day for last and said, Schultz has signed a deal for LNG from Qatar. Crisis averted. No reliance on Russia. And I thought, that's mad. Having worked on LNG plants, they take years to build, by the way, in the knowledge that there are no LNG terminals in Germany, these liquid natural gas, I thought I'd better have a read up on it. Maybe something has developed that I didn't know of, but no. There is an agreement by Schultz, signed with the Qataris, but that's years down the line. And it's years down the line because Schultz has agreed that he's got to build LNG terminals. The problem for Schultz is that was four months ago and they haven't done anything. So there is no recourse to other gases from elsewhere for Germany. What does that mean in real terms? Well, Germany's biggest chemical plant, and it is an absolute monster, by the way, 
and I mean a monster, it provides 75% of its product goes to vehicle construction. It's nearly at the point now, now, where it will have to shut down. If it shuts down, that will shut, effectively shut down car making in Germany. Now, the board have said they're keeping things going by hook or by crook. There is no chance, they've stated, that when the cold weather comes, because it relies totally on gas, it's a chemical plant, that it can keep going. Once that stops, that's the beating heart of German industry, but not just of German industry. Germany is the behemoth of the European Union. If you like, as China is to the east, Germany is to the EU. If you shut it down, you're literally putting the whole of the EU on life support. And that's what it is. That's the truth of the matter. It's on life support. It's not the only country that's on life support. Japan is sinking as we speak. Hong Kong currency is in terrible trouble. But the EU and Britain, they're on that intensive care bed. Now, I've dealt, if you like, with what's facing us. What I'd like to do now is touch on what the future could be and will be. Because I've mentioned the East. They've built a framework up. And I've said many times that uh, you, you have to applaud what they've done. They stand for the right of nations to self-determination. They're doing very good trade deals in that they're not raping countries. They're not putting them back into the Stone Age. They're not robbing them. They're giving effective trade deals, which these countries are welcoming, and they're bringing prosperity. The problem is the character of the state machine. Nobody in Britain, America, or Europe is ever going to be won over to Chinese communist-style leadership. Not a chance. It's not going to happen. How do you get around it? We get around it through Trump coming to power. Trump changes everything. He set everything into place four years ago four years of his presidency. Putin took over the baton from him. The baton is about to be handed back. But what's on offer? Because people talk about, oh, Tassara and Asara, uh, quantum this and quantum that. No. How can you talk about what is on offer? What you think we might get? when we ourselves have not deliberated on it. If we, the people, are taking the power of our own destiny and the destiny of our individual countries, then we will decide what the necessary steps will be, both politically, economically, culturally, and everything to do with the nations of which we habituate. But what is on offer is a huge vista. Because I only mentioned Venezuela and uh, Argentina, Lou. If I were to go in Africa, 
and to deal with the African countries. Oh, my God. They have undreamt of riches in oils, in gases, in minerals, in, in gold, in food, in land, in arable land. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for 200 years, they've been treated like the whore of the rich man. They've been raped. They've been yeah. absolutely yeah. raped. But that, that has changed in, in relation to what I've said. Mm. Now you're going to have those countries' commodities, what they've got in the ground. If you do not think the trade deals have been done with China, Russia, India, with Venezuela and Argentina about getting the products out of the ground and Brazil, then you're mad. That's all been done, and that's all science delivered, and that will be done to the continent of Africa. But we're not talking about some little job here. We're not talking about a little mine operation, get it and leave. On the contrary, rightly so, these individual nations will say, we have to look after our own people. That means an absolutely massive expansion of the productive forces globally to build what is needed for modern cities, for modern states in the countries of the third, fourth, and fifth world. But we'll be enormously assisted. How? Those technologies that have been held back will become available. We've known about, we've known about the water-based fuel on a car. It's used in a car. We've known about that for 50 years. We knew that the guy who, uh, who founded it was offered a million dollars by one of the petroleum companies, he wouldn't take it, so he died in a car accident. But we know that that's there. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know what? I've mentioned Medbeds. People laugh. They can laugh. If you don't think that technology is far, far, far in advance of where we're at now, then we should be laughing at you. What Trump has said will come true. We will unleash the technologies, not all at once, because it would be absolutely overwhelming. They'll be brought forward as we develop the world economy. And the people say, well, what can we do? In the WCCC countries, there won't be any more. There is magnificent expertise and labor. There is magnificent genius. You see the developments of high tech, technology and high engineering. All will become available. The former workshop of the world will become again one of the workshops of the world. Countries like France will have to industrialize at the expense of some of their farming land. But it will be a map. The post-war boom will be like a pimple on the backside of an elephant compared to what's going to take place in the next period. And with that development will come undreamed of hikes in the living standards of ordinary people. That's what we're going into. But we in the WCC countries, we got to suffer a bit of downtime. That the colonial world, that the third world, has suffered for centuries. We've got to bite the bullet in this next period. We're gonna, we've got to go through a bit of pain to come out. But we'll do it. It's not doom and gloom. But you've got to have a correct understanding of the correlation of forces. It's not an accident that Donald Trump 
is now identifying with Q. She will do that more and more and more. Q and the norms in particular will become revered across this planet. Their story must be told before the huge events take place. You have to tell the truth. That's why Trump is breaking through the ice now. It's a marvelous period of history. Yeah, there's because... a couple of things I want to just, just touch on, Roy. Um, like, look at these, like, the Rothschilds, the De Beers. Um, you know, they these, these deep state families are responsible for the rape of, of, of Africa. Um, you know, they, they've done it. They, 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 they've been raping the, the people worldwide. But, I mean, Ethiopia, the Ethiopia and Africa have really had it. I mean, really, you know, we had all these bloody Bono and Geldof back in the day raising money for the children in Africa. You know, where did that money go? If they had some irrigation, that could, that could have been all sorted out. That's what they needed because they have plenty of rainfall, Ethiopia every year. Uh, but the money wasn't going to the people, as we know. Are we going to see accountability from people like the De Beers uh, and these major ruling families? I mean, we know they're finished already, but what they've done to the African people, you know, with the diamonds, if, and if anyone hasn't seen um, blood diamonds, I'd really, really recommend everyone see it. Uh, it's pretty harrowing. Um, and it's the same with the people in India and all these other countries, these Major ruling families have raped the countries, stolen everything, their wealth from them. Will there be repercussions with this, Roy? Yeah, I think I, I absolutely think there will be. Okay. And what brings to mind is uh, Eichmann's trial. Eichmann had to travel to Israel and he was tried and executed, rightly so. You see, the Africans are going to have the major say in what happens to these people. Yeah. Because the horrors were perpetuated against them. And I don't mind at all that some of these gangsters from these bloodline families have to go to these countries like Eichmann had to and be tried there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, we are seeing again, I just want to go over, um, there were certain things about the funeral that didn't sit right. There's been lots of photos. We've got Camilla with a... You can see a seam of a mask around her neck, uh, that she's got something overlapping on top of her skin um, by her neck. Uh, we've had the symbolism of the fourth, uh, 1649 of the coffin going down. Uh, we had Joe Biden put at the very back in the 13th row, sitting next to the Polish prime minister. Um, the, the queen is now dead. The king is unprotected. We thought, so many, there's quite a few of us were convinced something would have gone on yesterday while the whole world was watching on the main, on the, on the main stage. Um, obviously, we shouldn't mention dates. We shouldn't get excited about these things because we fall faffed on our faces. Not that it's not happening. It's just, we, I just, I do. And then people who listen to the show know I do overexcited about certain things when I start seeing things falling. But um, as in respect to the dates now that they're banding. And we've got the 21st, as I say, on the 21st, we've got Trump going into the Capitol for the first time since January of 2021. Um, and then across the ball, we had that German minister stand up in the German parliament and said, what is coming over the 20, 23rd, 23rd and 24th of February, um, February, September 2022 is colossal. 
that was three-year-old uh, video. Yeah, yeah, it was a three-year-old video, yeah. And he said what would be coming in, in, in 2022 is absolutely massive. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Are we going to see start the rumblings of financial stuff, you know, like you've just explained? I think, first and foremost, uh, if you have a look, if you go back, if you go back with what we, we've said, yeah, because we have to have consistency. Of course. In, uh, in what we said over the years. And what we stated was that uh, for us, Brexit was a defining moment. Yeah. It was a breaking away from, one of the, from probably the, the most powerful trading bloc in the world. Then the next biggest event was Donald Trump coming to power. Yeah. Donald Trump coming to power was game on. The Queen dying. I think he can... That's what I'm looking for an allegory, a metaphor. Well, all right, then, what about this? Uh, in athletics, you know, you're uh, 5,000 metres, all the runners, when they come to the last lap, the bell goes. I think the Queen's death was the bell going on the last lap. Okay. And the, the 21st, you have Trump. But you have the Fed is going to announce its interest rates. And it'll be an interest rate rise. You have a situation where inflation is absolutely rampant, where the economies in WCC are dying on their feet. Now you've got to come to the Q posts because the Q posts are gaining relevance now. There's a realism about them. And nones are able to tie up posts with events. That's going to become clearer in the next few weeks. There are many, many posts which are going to be apposite in the next 7, 10, 20 days, which you don't, we haven't, we've looked at, but we haven't even realised. But we will. We're on the road now. We know, I believe, I know what happens on the latter days of October and early November. The king is back long with the king. So these other events which take place, you're right. To try and to try and nail down a definite date or a key player, who's she, who's he, are they unmasked, are they masked? Yeah. Are they, they deep-state white hats? Look, I refrain from that because I'm not in the Q team. I'm not an operator. I don't know. Therefore, I've been burnt before. I was about to say we've been stung. I keep going back in for more, though. <laughs> well, that's more enthusiasm than misjudgment. I know, excitement. That's a desire. That's a yeah. desire to get these bastards where we want them. Oh. That, that's coming, though. And they know it's coming. And, of course, they, we've got all these flip-floppy types. What, what yeah. about the flag? What about the flag in Trump's rally? The black crosses. What about that flag? The black crosses on the flag that any military will tell you that that means no surrender now. You can't surrender. It's to the death. And that's what, they t that's what Trump was telling the cabal. See this flag. There's no surrender time left for you now. You take the consequences of your actions. That was important. You know, if you start to look at what Trump is saying, what Scavino's putting down, what Flynn is beginning to talk about, what uh, what the key players 
They, they're moving from uh, they're moving from one extreme to the other. They're saying things, misinformation, but they're always giving bits of information which you can glean, which you can work from. But Trump, above all, is hitting the home runs now. And there's a reason for that. Because he was the president, and is the president of the United States, he's inviting them now. Come on, then. If you want me, make your play. But they're terrified. They're terrified. The hunters have now become the hunted. That's the period that we're in now. Yeah. There will be more revelations about child trafficking, about financial misdemeanors, about, about everything. Everything is going to come to the fore now. It's going to start dropping. You're going to see videos. You're going to see... Uh, yeah, documents, etc., etc., etc. This is our period of history. These are big, big days that are coming up in the next four or five days. What do I think is going to happen? Well, if I had to hang my hat on anything, uh, a financial beginning of a financial implosion, I would say, is a strong likelihood because you have the Fed setting an interest rates. You have gold and silver virtually being drained out of the COMEX yeah. from the SLV and from the London Bullion Metal Association. Why are they draining it? The big money's getting it. It's getting the gold and the silver because it knows that that is real money. No counterparty risk. It's standalone. And they know their system's failing. That's why they're draining it. Every day as much as they can get. That is a sign that we're at the end. So, Lou, we should be a brave heart. And nothing can stop what is coming. Absolutely nothing, Roy. Absolutely nothing. So we're going to be doing another show next week? Yes. Next Monday, Tuesday. Fabulous. And midterms, are they going to be going ahead still? They're not going no, to be. My, my belief, I'll stick with it. My, stick with Q, Q put the drop down. 2020, election, 2020 plus elections safe. Well, the midterms are not safe. The 2020 election hasn't been exposed. Mm. Trump is still not the prime minister, the president. Remember now, he's never conceded to that election. I believe Trump comes back. That election, Russia, the Clintons, all the players in Five Eyes, Uranium One, that's what's coming on the deck now. They're going to be exposed. Danchenko's the door in. Let's trust two key aides played a role in the Russian dossier. That implicates her because they've been with her for years. Don't think anybody is going to survive this. None of the cabal puppets are going to survive. And if they do, it's because they turn tail in good time. But they're not going to get away scot-free. She was said, all will pay a price, some more than others. So everything's out there, Lou. Let's just wait for events to take place. And by the way, my plea to Anons is, let's keep the pressure up. Let's get exposing them. Let's get the memes out there. Let's go for these people. Absolutely. And um, uh, a word to the flip-floppers. Get back in your, get back in your basket. <laughs> go away. Get back in your basket. And we'll, oh. You'll be called at dinner time. <laughs> go away. Um, they can't see it they never see it and uh, when it all goes down they're going to be the first ones out there screaming about it that they've known all along 
So <coughs> that's just my message for all you flip-floppers in there. Get in your basket. Um, Roy Davis, as always, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Roy Boy 17 on Telegram. Roy Boy 17 UK, I do believe on Truth Social and Roy Davis on Facebook, but Roy's mainly posting over now on Telegram. <coughs> and uh, if you're one of Roy's listeners, you can like Liberty Tactics as well, please. Absolutely. Uh, we've been going quite a long time. We've been loyal. We've been in the fight from the beginning, and Liberty Tactics was established back in 2011. We're proper patriots, and uh, we could do with all the support we could. LibertyTactics.co.uk, RoyBoy17. Thank you for uh, for listening to, uh, to Lou and Roy uh, on Liberty Tactics. Faced with a very real prospect of Donald Trump becoming the leader of the party, and it absolutely drives them crazy. Uh, they just cannot Why? imagine sharing. Well, because he's an outsider. He's not them. He's not part of the club. He's uncontrollable. Uh, you know, he hasn't been through the initiation rights. He didn't belong to the secret society. We're going to protect Christianity, and I can say that. I don't have to be politically correct. Or... We're going to protect it. If you look what's going on throughout the world, you look at Syria, where there is a Christian, they're chopping off heads. You look at the different places, and Christianity, it's under siege.
I got to know Donald Trump after he spoke here in 2012, and I learned so much about him that the public never hears. I called him about a large Christian ministry in another state that needed some help. I learned within a day or two he had donated $100,000 of his own money. He um, learned about Clyde Fraser Jr., who ran the Harlem Hoops tournament in the inner city and was killed in the 911 attacks, and he searched down the family donated the money to keep that tournament going. Example after example like that of, of just generosity that never made it into the, into the uh, public side. He got his limousine broke down one time. A couple stopped and helped, stopped and helped him. He paid off their mortgage a few days later. watching a report about a Maytag plant that moved out of Iowa into uh, Mexico and the three companies in that report he actually searched them out they were about to go out of business because Maytag had left and he found ways to buy products from those companies through his hotels to keep them in business he gave the money to the local Domino's pizza restaurant so they could buy cheese and bread you look at the fruits of his life and all the people he's provided jobs, I think that's the true test of somebody's Christianity, not whether or not they use the right theological terms. Jesus said, render unto Caesar, and that means be good citizens, be voting citizens. And he said, when I go in the voting booth, I'm not electing a Sunday school teacher or a theologian or somebody who agrees with my theological views. I'm, I'm voting for the person who is most qualified to be the president of the United States.